Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rodeo. This is Edward here. Ramon. I'm Damien. Omar. And today we have a very special guest here to chat with us about today's episode. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up? <laughs> it's Nikki or Nico. I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you for coming, Nico. I mean, it was a very long distance for him to travel. He came all the way from Miami just to be on this episode. Just Ain't that right, Damien? We booked some good talent today. No, for those of you who might not know, Nikolai is the new roommate of Damien and myself. This is his first and probably only time guest starring because he's not much of a podcast listener. Today, we're going to be talking about one of all of our favorite things in the world, music. Music unites the world in ways that have transcended space and time, honestly, ever since the dawn of man. You know, people have created sounds and music. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with that? I'm just fucking kidding. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to like, like. Words, love. Words. <laughs> what is this? Well, Omar was like, okay, I'm gonna delete No, we had to have Nikolai on today because we are talking about music, which is a topic that we could go on forever about, but we're gonna try to keep it condensed for you guys. So to start off, you know, we got we like to have our little icebreakers. Today, what we're gonna play is Song Association, which if some of you have seen it on YouTube, it's just a game where the judge says a word and the contestant has to try to think of a, a lyric from a song that includes that word. So as the host of today's episode, I'm gonna go ahead and start the game and I'm gonna keep tally and the first of these four to get to three points is the winner of today's game. All right, are you guys ready? No. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. Damien is not ready. All right, let's get started. First word, night. Nikolai was the first yeah. down. I'm gonna marry the night. By the Gaga. <laughs> All right, Nico gets a point. Next word, bar. Ooh, Nikolai. Uh. <laughs> Elmar, you were next. I got nervous. A for effort. It's anybody's steal. Three, two, one. On to the next. No. No. Yeah. All right. Next word. Town. Nico. Who gonna run this town tonight? Oh. Hey, hey. <laughs> okay, Nico with two points. Everyone else with zero. Come on, bottoms, pick it up. <laughs> yeah, moan. <laughs> All right. Next word. Rain. Rain on me. I was gonna. Have it. I just wanted to have it. Omar, one point. Hey, what song was that? Uh, I think Rain On Me by Madonna and Mariah Carey. Huh, I've never heard that. I need to listen to it. Um, child. Anyway, so. All right, next word. Change. Nico. <laughs> Omar? Uh, change is a powerful thing. I feel it coming in me. Uh, change by Lana Del Rey. Okay. I believe you. <laughs> Can we have Damien uh, verify that? Correct. <laughs> Woo! All right. Two points, Nico. Two points, Omar. Damien and Ramon have yet to get on the board. <laughs> All right. Next word. Dance. Damien. Tonight I'm gonna dance for you. Oh, oh. Beyonce dance from the album four. Did you have to take your clothes off while you sang that? <laughs> Don't worry about all that. <laughs> all right, Damien is on the on the board. All right, next word. Sick. Nico. Okay, um, you, why do you push the button? <laughs> I know what you're... Damien. I'm so sick of that same old love. Oh, that shit go. just tears me up. Selena Gomez, Ramon, same old love. All right, everybody with two points except Ramon. All right, it's anybody's game right now except Ramon's. <laughs> all right, next word. Disco. Omar. Uh, Damien, you got it? 
I say how, you say how, we say how, you look so pretty. Oh. Yeah. It's called this Say the word. You can't say You have to say the word in the lyrics. The game is for the lyrics, not the song title. Wait, let's have some fun. This beat is sick. Oh, I want to take a ride on your disco stick, yeah. bitch. Wow. wow. And he used our fave against us. Wow. Literally, Ramon with the surprise. Y'all, lady got shaking her head at y'all. All her wigs. I used the song by her. I did. I used the song against y'all. Drink. Ooh, oh. Damien. Um. <laughs> you tried it, Nico. <laughs> Wait, he confused me. <laughs> Three. Ooh, Ooh. It? Hold on. It's from Better Off. Rather just sit there and watch you. Wait. Ooh. Smoke and drink. Oh. Uh, should I give it to him? Should I give it to him? I want it to be a fair game. Two on two on two on two. All right, Ramon, I'm going to give you that point just because I'm messy. And I want to see everybody fight for this last point right now. All right. Nice. All right, guys. <laughs> Y'all pray for me because they're about to attack me for this point. The word is love. <laughs> Nico's hand did touch the phone first. I, I love you like a love song, baby. Out of all I, the I, I love you. No, because me and Ed were going through like a Selena uh, video. He could have left oh. that detail out of there. <laughs> I'm, I'm that was sorry. your choice. I'm that sorry your to hear y'all went through that. <laughs> no, it, was a great, it was a great journey. We reminisced. It was nostalgia. But um, anyway, thank you, everybody. I Away. can't believe y'all let the guest win. Right. That's Southern hospitality. Exactly. What they do in Miami, they let y'all lose. And we forgot to mention the guest has to pay. They let y'all lose. <laughs> yeah, so the winner has to pay and Venmo everybody $30. Woo! $30 richer, y'all. Now that we've melted the ice a little bit, we're going to get into the main topic of today's episode, which is music. Uh, let's talk about our childhoods and like what we grew up listening to. What did your parents have playing around the house? Because I want to know if that like kind of influenced the way that you guys started listening to music as you grew up and got older. Okay, I'll go first. Well, I don't know. I feel like my the music I grew up on probably wouldn't be like that known because I lived in Chile and my parents are both Hispanic. My mom's Colombian. My dad's Venezuelan. So... They always just played like anything that they knew from there. So like Shakira or Mana, which is, uh, well, actually Mexican. So, but we listened to them a lot. And um, I also, you know, remember like one of my faint memories are like watching music videos of like the songs that were popular during that time. So I remember like really looking at Britney Spears and being like, she's kind of cool. And that's probably when I found out I was gay. Uh, <laughs> or I should have known. But um, I don't think I really fell in love with music until I was like 10 type of thing. Where I could like understand it more. Mm -hmm. So when I was young, I just kind of listened to what my parents listened to. But I loved it. I still listen to it. Cool. Take it away, Omar. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I actually share a lot of like similar upbringings in terms of music. My mom was a huge Shakira fan, like back in her alternative days. Um, and so both my parents are Mexican, but they actually like preferred listening to like salsa and cumbia which is more like puerto rican and more like and colombian and, and colombian yeah like it's it's other nations that aren't necessarily mexican um but of course there was like you know spanish pop that i grew up on spanish rock mana cafe tacuba like there's so many like influences i guess from every genre and i do think that a lot of that has to do a lot with what like 
I like now. And then when I was like a kid, I was like eight or nine, I would make my dad buy me these like mixtapes with like, just like rap and like just R&B and a bunch of things, like a bunch of different, you know, I guess quote unquote urban kind of music. And um, so, yeah, like, I mean, I, I kind of grew up with very different things and what I ended up liking and, but I still like love, I, feel, I have a love for every single genre. So yeah, I, I think I liked what I grew up on. Well, um... For the first half of my childhood, I grew up in a like strictly Christian household. So anything in the secular world that was released, I did not know about. So like from age zero to 10 or pretty much zero to like 12, I only listened to gospel music because that's all we could listen to. Like around middle school, that's whenever I actually started hearing other music outside of like, you know, gospel music. But it was only like hardcore rap and like R&B just because like just whatever my mom listened to whenever she was a teenager, that's what she brought into the house. I didn't really start like diving into like other different genres of music until like high school whenever I had first got my Spotify account and my SoundCloud and I was like just you know dabbling and dibbling in, in different um different artists and genres and stuff so but yeah no like I wouldn't say that I'm I'm upset that I didn't get to experience like you know the music world at a young age but I can say like definitely growing up with a only listening to gospel music a lot of gospel singers actually like 99% of gospel singers they can fucking sing like they are vocalists now I can I can, I can appreciate whenever I hear like any other artists and they can like vocally present themselves like growing up that's all I that's all I listened to like in church like there was nothing but vocalists singing up on the church like on the on the pews on, on the uh, pulpit and shit yeah there was nothing but vocalists up there so like I can relate to that and I I personally like that always has like a deep thing in my heart but but yeah no gospel was definitely the the biggest thing in my my life just whatever my mom grew up with which was like r&b and whatever man she brought around whatever he listened to which was oh. <laughs> hardcore rap so yeah that's that's all i grew up on you gotta do your mom like that i just wanted to go after damien because we had very similar upbringings i'm pretty much the same as him where for the first eight to ten years of my childhood all i heard was christian music through my mom and my her parents like my grandparents because they were just hyper religious and you know so all i really heard was gospel music music from church stuff like that um every now and then whenever i'd go visit my dad or my grandparents on my um on the mexican side of my family of course, I hear like a lot of Tejano. Like that's really what I grew up with. I couldn't tell you really any of the like the bands or artists that I heard, but I you know pretty much heard them every time I was over there because that's all my grandma would listen to. I mean, if you exclude like the Catholic hymns when we went to Catholic church, but girl, I hated Come those. Yeah, they were catchy. Hold on, somebody should use them in a scary movie because they those hit who the priests. They yeah, they hit <laughs> uh, little kids. <laughs> okay, we don't have enough money to go against the Vatican, so. <laughs> No, I mean, so for the first like 10 years, like Damien said, kind of like secluded from what was going on in the real world with music. But then once my mom kind of started to kind of come out of that like religious upbringing and start to like, you know, just give a little bit of freedom and liberation to herself and her kids. The first thing we were exposed to from her was country music, because that's actually what she liked when she was a teenager for some reason. Um, she liked Shania Twain and Dixie Chicks. So honestly, for me, that kind of like grew like on me. I have an appreciation for country music that a lot of people don't have around my age group, at least, you know, it's a little bit rare to find people that like country music we'll get into that later but mental illness and what about it and what about it right hold on we'll, we'll, anyway. we got we got plenty of time to 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 beat on damien so country music from my mom my dad started trying to be in my life a little more around my preteen years 
Uh, sorry if that's a little TMI, but like it is what it is. Um, so what I would hear from him when I would be around him was uh, soul music. He really liked the Isley Brothers and like, just, yeah, just anything that was like from the freaking 50s. Like, like are they from the 70s? 70s. They sound like they're from the 40s. <laughs> but he liked like soul and like funk and like just any like, you know, that type of stuff. So Stevie Wonder and the Isley Brothers and whoever else, um, which I mean, that's cool. Like, you know, I got exposed to something that, you know, is kind of non-traditional for my dad was Mexican-American. So, you, you know, that's not what you would expect of him but I got exposed to that from him so it was a little bit backwards because my mom exposed me to like what isn't traditionally considered like black music through country music and then my dad who's like a Mexican-American was over here exposing me to like R&B and like soul and funk so it was you know it's a little twisted but it was interesting my dad also got married around that time like when I was a preteen and my stepmom would listen to Keisha Cole non-stop that's kind of when I first started hearing like pop music or like radio music in a sense Keisha Cole and like other R&B singers like Alicia Keys and stuff at the time they were pretty big so that's who I like started kind of hearing first on the radio like through my stepmom um and then from there just kind of gravitated into like I would be around my cousins and they would play like bands and stuff so um I'm trying to think like Linkin Park was actually my first concert because that was one of the bands I got into I was kind of all over the place like when I was first discovering music because I didn't know what I was into you know I mean what about you Ramon I honestly I feel like I got exposed to like every genre somehow like I it makes a lot of sense because when we when, when we first thought about this episode and Omar gave us this topic to talk about, I thought about it and it was like, damn, I really had like exposed to like pretty much a little bit of everything. So like I like how Edward said earlier, he grew up with a lot of Tejano music and like Spanish music and cumbias and stuff like that. I grew up around that like all the time. I also got a taste of like I think that's why I like rap so much now because my brother was like real in the streets back in the day. So I be he really does. And I'd be in the car with him riding around and he would always play like really hardcore rap. So I think that's why I like you need to stop. You need to stop. Yeah, he got me into rap and so did my sister. But I think my sister triggered like the R&B pop side because she's the reason I know, like, I love Kobe Calais because of her. I love like Cassie. So like she introduced me to like the really like early pop girlies mm -hmm. when she was in high school. So I listened to a lot of that music because of her. And then like, and then on my own, like growing up, I just started to find my own sound. Like, I, was, I was attracted to those songs. Like I love pretty singers and I love pretty singers because my mom would always like blast Selena like all the time. Oh, so yes. I was like, I know vocals. So I was like, that's what I like to hear. So growing up, that's how I started to like Adele when she first came out and like who else was a good i guess my we'd say hannah's a pretty miley cyrus is a pretty good vo vocalist i guess so i was a hannah stan yeah i'm not gonna lie i was like she was in her bag in disney channel but yeah i mean stuff like that like i love like the musical movies because like they could sing and stuff so i got exposed to a lot like i love r&b a lot i've been really into r&b lately so it's like back in the day it would just be like those late night r&b commercials that would come on tv and i <laughs> you, you better believe i sat through the whole 10 however long that infomercial was that's how i got myself cultured i, I just happy that I got exposed to like different genres. So as we were like growing up you guys and kind of like finding our musical like paths, who did y'all end up gravitating towards? Like how did you discover who your favorite artists were and who are they? Like let's talk about that. Wants to go. Omar, you want to go first? I'll go first. So honestly, music has always been really, really big to me. Not to give you a life story, but so when I was like literally three or four, I was a toddler, right? Um, I used to watch this novella and it was a bunch of kids and actually Belinda was on it. So she was a kid as well. Mm -hmm. And they made music and it was like my first cassette. Like it was a cassette. 
because I liked it so much that my parents got me. I honestly, I still bump their music to this day. But no, no, no. So like, music has been like is like deeply rooted within like mm-hmm. who I am. My dad is big on music, and I think that's where I get it from. He was a DJ at some point, and so he loves music. So I've gravitated here and there, here and there, here and there. Like you know, in middle school, I feel like everybody had their little like quote unquote emo slash scene phase. So uh, for me, there was a lot of like. Who's everybody? <laughs> I didn't go through that. Yeah, I that. I would say same Cricket thing. Cricket no. Anyway. anyway. I saw people going through that. I, that was me, though. Not I saw right. people going through that. Right. I watched from the outside. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what is going on? I think the first artist that I gravitated towards a lot was Paramore. However. Ooh, the black people love Paramore. The black community, they fucks with Paramore. Like, they ride or die for them. Y'all better believe him. He's the spokesperson for black people. <laughs> you know how many times I've been told that? <laughs> you times. might as well be. Three times. <laughs> he He's in charge of the NAACP of Oakland. <laughs> you know how many people's in that chapter? One. <laughs> <laughs> Me. <laughs> but, um, but no, okay, so Paramore was, was really big. And then something just struck. It was like a meteor from... A, a sign from above, mm-hmm. as I would say. Um, should I should I tell the story? Yeah, tell it. Okay. I think I was 11 or 12, and I was at this uh, party. It was a house party, but obviously we're kids. All of a sudden, I hear... And I'm like, whoa. Like, I, I, I kid you not, it felt like such a magical moment hearing that, that noise for the first time. And while the song played, like, it was like... Wow, you were. Just, I was just transported into like a different place. So I go up to the computer and grab my little flip phone to t- try to jot down like what the name of this fucking song was. And I see it's Lady Gaga, Lady Gaga. Like I was like, what the fuck? Um, this bitch has a weird ass name. And uh, to anyone that knows me from there, I mean, the rest is history. It's just I, I just instantly. It was like love at first sight, kind of, or first sound. And ever since then, I'm 24 now, still a big Gaga fan. I think I probably always will be, so. Nico, would you like to go? You go. All right, I'll go. (laughs) Um, I mentioned earlier that a lot of my exposure started to come from my cousins. For me, my cousins were kind of like really varied. It was on my dad's side, so, you know, everyone had like different tastes. There was like 10 of us. Um, So some of my cousins liked rock, some of them liked rap, some of them liked pop, some of them liked country, whatever, you know. And, you know, I would kind of hear things here and there and try to feel out what I liked, I remember. And I would be like, oh, I kind of like that song. I kind of like that. And I would start to add it to my iPod at the time. I had a little iPod touch or whatever. I don't know. One day we were watching uh, the CMT Country Music Channel or whatever. And I saw this music video come on. It was Taylor Swift's Our Song music video from 2006. And she was just sitting there, like, in this big-ass puffy blue dress with this, like, curly blonde hair. And, like, her face beat for the gods. And I just thought she looked so pretty. And she was, like, singing, like, this story that really captivated me. And I just, I was paying attention to the words and like the video. And I was just like, she's really pretty. And this like song is like really like making me like, like it really caught my attention and like made me pay attention to what she was saying, which music at the time hadn't done that yet. It's just kind of like a, a background noise to me. You know, it was always like on the, on, like in the back seat or whatever, the passenger seat. I don't know. And she was the first person that really made me listen to like what she was saying in a way. So over time, I just paid a little more and more attention to her. And I remember around that time, she still wasn't that big yet. She was going around doing radio tours and getting invited to award shows, opening for a bunch of country music artists on their tours but i would just watch every interview she did every performance she gave every like every little thing she did in her career and i remember towards
towards the end of her uh, first era. She won what's called the Horizon Award in country music, which is like, like you just started out, but you're already like reaching new heights. And she like was crying on stage and she's like, this is the highlight of my senior year. And I thought that was so sweet. And from that point on, I just kind of kept my eye on her. And over the years, I just fell more and more in love with her until we got to the point of like, I think when I would really call myself like a super fan is like 2012 when she released this song called State of Grace. If you guys know, you know, but that was the moment for me that everything shifted. Well, if you didn't, I'm sorry to say that you are missing out. <laughs> but, I mean, that's my story. The music ain't that good. I heard it on the iPod. <laughs> you heard it on your iPod where you purchased and downloaded it? And I, oh, Oop. Don't worry about it. Who was buying music? Baby, we was powering this shit. The fuck? Period. Don't incriminate yourself. You can incriminate yourself. Don't throw me under that bus with you. LimeWire. Since you got so much oh to God, say, tell you got so much to say, tell me about yourself. I broke my computer so many times because of LimeWire. And porn. No, I, don't think, porn as a I don't think I don't think we got to follow it up. Well, I really don't have like one specific artist that I like fully like stand, I guess you can say. I just know like the first one that I I, I definitely kept my eye on was Frank Ocean. Okay, because I, I, I have like a little Finsta and I had, I posted one day um I was listening to Tyler, the Creator's album Wolf and one of the songs that came up on Shuffle one day and I was like, wow, this really takes me back to like high school because like late middle school, early high school, like I would listen to Our Future, all their music a lot. You know, I I I, I, would, I had my like I already I already knew who Frank Ocean was because he was in the the group with him or whatever. But around like 2012 or 2013, I can't remember what year it was. He had wrote this this long like letter, and it was so like artistic. It was beautifully written, like it was so vivid. And he basically like not basically he did come out in that letter, and then he ended up releasing his uh, debut album Channel Orange. And I just remember reading that letter like three or four times. I reblogged it on my Tumblr. I I. I did so much for that. Like I it, it really opened my eyes to like make me see who I was as a person and it just showed me how brave he was as like the first like black man to actually come out as bisexual or gay, whatever whatever he identified as or whatever whatever he identified as now. Like to see him be that brave back in the day, like, you know, I don't know. It just it just really, really shook me. And then on top of that, like I just fucked with his music. Like his music was really good. And it still is good. Like he's just such a good artist. I think I just I gravitate more to artists that I relate to at the time in my life. So like Frank Ocean was the first one. Then later on I had discovered Lana Del Rey. And I I don't know what the fuck about her like her debut album that made me gravitate towards her i don't know what i was going through in my freshman year of high school or sophomore year but like whatever she was saying and around that time like i really gravitated towards that and the next one was lord and i had first listened to her like i don't know how i think it came up on my soundcloud one day when she had the royals ep i don't know if it was um the love club or if it was royals itself i don't know she just she because she's around the same age as me so like the, the lyrics that she was saying, like, you know, I could relate to it because, like, she was 16. I was 15 at the time. So, like, I was like, okay, yeah, no, bitch. I, I see where you're coming from. I see you. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I just relate to people that... Or I relate to artists that I can relate to in that moment. Like, whatever music they're releasing, if I can relate to their lyrics, I, I gravitate more towards them. But, yeah. 
it's hard for me because it's like I don't ever I don't think I ever truly did have a favorite favorite like I was always listening to too many different things I feel like I did but I think it technically my favorite would be Nikki definitely it was because I started off listening to her when she like first came out and I would literally be in class with the girls bumping that shit at the table and we would literally like because we were like I guess none of us really knew the lyrics kid you not I had like a whole like five pages full of Nikki lyrics in my <laughs> and that's all the it was all Pink Friday I was like bitch she was making all C's <laughs> Lies. I made like straight beats that year. That was like <laughs> fifth grade, I think. No, sixth grade. Sixth grade, yeah. So then you have Nikki. So like, I think I just got drawn to her because like I said, like I just grew up with like rap music. My brother, my sister, that's all they play. That's all they bump. So it was like... I was just drawn to that genre in general. But so I grew out of Nikki, but a little bit because I was just like listening to other things. But I've always been a barb. So don't try me. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm sorry for, for you, baby. <laughs> try me. Y'all pray for Ramon. <laughs> I'm well, thank you. I think we can all agree that Nikki Minaj is incredible, talented, beautiful. That's it. <laughs> so at this point, like before I really started liking this person, I re I had already like exposed myself to more music and been listening to music more and like just been more interested in it. But um, I a friend sent me this video of a of a song. It was TikTok by Kesha, and it was like way before it like blew up. It was probably like three, four months type of thing before it came out. I mean, before it like really popped off. So, you know, I discovered that and I was like, damn, this is just like so catchy, you know? Like for me, pop music has always been the thing that like just made me feel, you know, free and like really into the music. And especially when I was like that age, when which was like 12, 13, mm -hmm. where I was like really like, you know, feeling things and not sure about shit. Um, music became something that I like really gravitated to and you know I discovered Kesha what really like made me gravitate towards her was the fact that she just like did not give a fuck <laughs> about anything like how she looked like the mm -hmm. things she sang about was just like fuck all your problems and you know it was like have fun and all that shit so for me that was just like the the pure fun of it was like how she just like made that whole, her whole thing like party girl fuck him the party girl like I'll suck your dick too you know like give me a shot like she doesn't give a fuck she just says it and it's fun and it's like yeah. the best so that was like my first like real like love for music artist. and you know watching her grow because we've i think we all know like the things she went through so when she came back with her album rainbow it was just like really like beautiful to see her growth as as an artist and as a person and like you can really feel her pain like hear her her her, her emotions and her actual voice because a lot for a long time people like did not know that kesha could sing that was like a thing was like oh my god i didn't know she could sing it's like bitch i've been known <laughs> so she was my number one she is my number one I can honestly like attest to that like while I was still kind of finding figuring out who I really loved Kesha was one of the people that I gravitated towards in the beginning of the decade 2010 I agree with Nico like her persona was just so unique for like a musician or a woman in general yeah for a woman in music that was like groundbreaking almost to be like I'm gonna dress like as slutty and dirty as I want and not give a fuck and just be as fun and rude and loud as I want because I want and I don't know I really liked that I was like wow like she, this bitch is like different from everybody else she doesn't like present like a clean cut like like processed calculated image so I really liked her and I even went to the point of like going through YouTube and like looking through all her unreleased and if y'all don't know mm. Kesha has like 500 or more unreleased songs and, they're good. and they are all good I, I literally kept a Microsoft Word document of all 300 at the time that I had heard sounds psycho. okay and you sound <laughs> tired <laughs>
So have you guys seen any of your like favorite artists live? Like, for example, I've seen Taylor like four times live probably. But what about you guys? Yeah. Or just any other concerts yeah. in general? Are there any concerts y'all want to talk about? It's the best concert you've ever been to? Well, because I've only been to like two technically, like ever in a sense. Well, I guess three if we count Travis. Technically, we saw Travis because he opened up for Ree. Who is me? <laughs> when me and Omar and Nikki and oh, whatever I saw Travis too. went to see Rihanna. But like the biggest one, I think my favorite obviously would be Beyonce. That was like a life experience. I will always brag about that because she's that bitch. I'm very proud of. Wait, that which tour did you see? On the run too. Oh, I saw Lemonade. Okay, I mean, dang. What, you want a Scooby snack? Oh, anyways. Uh, <laughs> Edward is the most, Edward is the most oh, yeah. undeserving person to see Beyonce, and I'm really upset that he got a chance I to go. I literally only went for a and boy. He said he said he said he went to Lemonade. Oh my god, it's <laughs> the Formation World Tour. Oh, the Formation World. The like capital all letters. Finger out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I still beat myself up over not going to the Formation World Tour. Like, honestly. And, and I don't know, like, that year in general, like, it just has so many... Like, 2016 had a lot of, like, good music and, like, a lot of big artists coming out with, like, concerts and shit. And all the concerts happened around the time mm -hmm. of my end of my senior year, so I was already spending a lot of fucking money. And I was like, fuck, I can't go to everything I want to go to. So I had to skip out on Rihanna's uh, anti-world tour. I had to skip out on Formation. I had to skip out on a lot of shit because of fucking senior year. But, I mean, uh, the concerts I did go to, like, they were all good. I went to my first concert was, well, it was supposed to be Lana Del Rey, but I ended up seeing fucking Courtney Love because of goddamn Storm, and they canceled it mid-concert. So my technical first concert is Chance the Rapper, and he's a really good performer, but this was before he got a little cringe. Um, then uh, I seen Sabrina Claudio. She's so beautiful. She's so sexy. I love her. Then I saw I saw Nao, and I met her. So yeah, that was fun. Who else did I see? Oh, I went to a um, I went to a, a music festival and I saw a whole bunch of people. But yeah, no, like I really like intimate, like small gatherings. Oh, and then the and then my first actual like arena, like stadium concert was Ariana Grande. I went oh, to yeah. Sweetener Sweetener World Tour Leg Two the second time around. She wasn't crying. Well, she was, yes, that's yeah, exactly. She what wasn't I was crying this time. We so yeah, and she performed and she performed yeah. stuff off of Christmas and Chill, and I was so happy. Yeah. I was so happy. I, I've been to a lot of concerts. My very first concert was Paramore. I think that same summer I went to Warp Tour, so there's a bunch of bands that I saw that you guys probably don't care about. Um, my second concert was actually Gaga, the Born This Way Ball. Wow, that was that was amazing. Um, and I've actually seen Gaga three times total. I saw her again at Art Rave, Art Pop tour the most fun concert ever like i cannot even ex i can't it was literally like a rave and a party and like it was just so much fun oh my god it was incredible um and then i saw her again for the joanne uh world tour which was beautiful um i've seen i went to <laughs> i went to sabrina claudio with damien i saw on halloween and it was so cute because she dressed as jessica rabbit yeah she looks so good mm -hmm. with that cheap wig on that shake and go yeah she had a shake and go wig no she was still cute with that shake and go wig on her head <laughs> no yeah she was she was amazing um i saw rihanna with ramon mm -hmm. at the anti-tour i saw carly ray jepson with edward and kim petras and we met kim petras um i've also seen i've seen lana del rey once 
technically, and then I was the second time I wanted to see her. And then, and then technically, me and Damien were gonna see Lana, and then it was canceled halfway through. Um, I saw Taylor Swift in Houston when she did the Super uh, Super Saturday Super Bowl Saturday or something like that, which was awesome. We were really, really well, not really, really close, but we were close to her. That was the day um, you met me. That was the day I met Nico, and the day I had a yeah, really bad allergic well, reaction. I met Oh my god, that's a story for another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll save that for another episode. <laughs> um, who else have I seen? Oh, I've seen Toto y Moi, if anyone knows who he is. I know. Yeah, Damien knows. He's amazing. Oh my god, he's so amazing. That's talent. Louvre. Oh, I've seen Madison Beer. I love Madison Beer. Where's she at? She's up and coming, and she needs to drop this well, she fucking album. She needs to album. come on and up, get up right. and come. <laughs> get up and come. Right, like, come on, bitch. Up and come, up and come. I can't think of anything else right now, but I'm pretty sure I've, I've been to a, a couple more. I just am kind of done talking about it. So I'm going to pass the mic. Well, I would say the best concert I've been to was probably with Edward when we saw Taylor Swift at the Reputation World Tour. I hadn't seen anything like that before. I had been to a lot of concerts at that point, and it was just like the how grand the fucking concert was, like everything that was happening, how much was put into it, and like it was just like so much sensory attack everywhere. Just like the music and the and the the graphics and the the fucking bracelets that match with the music and would make shapes across the crowd, mm. and you could actually see it. Like when the snake went mm-hmm. through the crowd, I was like, what is this? It's like magic right now. Like I had just never seen I was blown away by like everything. And you know, she was really fucking good. That was like she's a great performer. She put on a great show. So that was like my favorite concert, but I've been to a lot of good concerts like uh Gaga at the Joan Tour. That was the first time I saw her. That was really cool. I was in the pit. I got to see her like right in front of me. I swear she looked at me. Um <laughs> that's what I, we all I wanna see. think, right? <laughs> but I promise you, I even have it on camera. I have it on Samba. I'll show you I later. I'll show you later. I'll show you later. And who else have you seen that's really good? Oh, Banks. Banks and Lizzo. I saw both oh, of them. I'm so sad I haven't seen Banks yet. Someone I really want to see, though, is Tove. Tovlo. That's the only one I haven't seen, and I, I missed the chance. Who we want to see? I missed the chance this year because of fucking coronavirus. Okay, actually... Since you're since you're new here, we don't talk about that bitch. We don't talk about her She's because like, no, every episode. We do, but we should not. Okay. Well, all right, that's fine. What did say? You will not get a free ad out of me, not until you pay me, ho. My first concert, like I mentioned, was Lincoln Park. Then I saw Taylor for the first time, which that came with three openers because it was a stadium tour. So I saw Ed Sheeran, Florida Georgia Line, and Austin Mahone all in one sitting, which first two don't even matter really, so I don't care about it. After that, I saw a really a lot of small, intimate concerts, which I loved. So I saw Ellie Golding, I saw Lord, I saw um, the 1975, The Neighborhood multiple times. Like those were like a lot of my like upbringing at the time was like alternative music around that like time period when I started going to concerts. Um, I went to Edge Fest and saw like Cage the Elephant, Beck, the Avett Brothers, stuff like that. Um, and then I'm moved into like arena concerts so i saw uh, lady gaga's art rave tour which is to this day the most fun concert i've ever been to like it's really inex- unexplainable how fun it was it was just a party it wasn't a concert it was just a big party with a bunch of people in an arena and like omar can tell you that himself then i saw ariana for the first time for the my everything uh honeymoon tour or whatever that was my first time seeing her and prince royce opened for that which was really random to me and then i've seen of course taylor like four times i saw beyonce for the formation world tour who else have i seen i mean i've seen quite a lot of people this Past year, I saw Carly Rae Jepsen, Kim Petras, Blackpink, they're the revolution, period. Um, I saw Ariana again with Damien and Omar, thankfully. That's like my fourth time seeing Ariana. I don't know why I've seen her so much. <laughs> so those are all the artists like we've seen. But let's talk about some of the artists we haven't seen or like underrated artists or... Oh, sorry. 
Yeah, let's back up a little bit. Well, also another a few artists that I, I've seen. So I've seen Marina and the Diamonds. I saw Zed with Edward. Oh yeah. Um, Shamir, you know Shamir. He opened up for Marina and the Diamonds. He was badass. But then there's ACL. So I've seen a lot of artists there. And oh my god, unexplainable. I saw Tanache. I saw Solange. She was late as fuck, but she was amazing. <laughs> my god, that was such an amazing experience. Technically saw Jay Z. I kind of didn't want to, but he was he was there, and I saw him, and then I turned away. <laughs> In the same that same night, I technically saw Gorillas um, at ACL. I've seen Arctic Monkeys, Odessa, Father John Misty. If anyone knows who he is, that's it. That's all I wanted to mention. Well, thanks for listing a lot of the like smaller artists that you've seen because that brings up an interesting topic of like no like artists that are maybe underrated that we haven't seen or other people don't know a lot about. Like who are some people that you think deserve a little bit more attention? You guys, Damien, you want to go first? No, I don't. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll kind of start. I definitely want to say Omar mentioned Tanache. I think she deserves the world she's so talented she writes produces dances sings all all of, she's a quadruple threat she can even act i think i don't know for sure she does not get nearly enough attention and i blame that l magazine headline from 2014 that said look out beyonce here comes tanache they never would have said that the beehive would have never uh fucking swarmed against tanache killed her career and no, i'm just kidding it wasn't all their fault but i don't know i think the cards just don't fall in tanache's favor but she's so talented like she's one of the most talented upcoming upcoming artists in my opinion i don't I don't really have anyone like that I want to promote super hard, but I just kind of wanted to mention Tanache. I've got other ones like Carly and Kim, but I think Omar will kind of take over for those. Well, I would definitely say the artist I feel deserves a lot more recognition is Tovlo. She's so fucking good. All three of her past albums have been really well made, produced, sung. To Tovlo talent. She's Swedish, so you know, they're all talented. Just they're born that way. <laughs> But there's an artist that I feel that is not only not not just unknown, but well, because of that, she's underrated. Her name is Caroline Polacek, dear Edward over here, who doesn't like her because of her name. You know, if you are able to just listen to music and put that I'm doing air quotes weird name aside, her album, her debut album, Pang, came out last year and it's fucking phenomenal. You guys have to check it out. Talking to the audience and the hosts. <laughs> I think that there's a lot of underrated artists. And we, the list can go on and on and on. Uh, like Edward mentioned, and I'll just mention them briefly. Kim Petras, amazing superstar. Uh, Carly mm-hmm. Rae Jepsen makes perfect pop music. Mm-hmm. But some of the ones that I really want to talk about that I think that are a little bit more, um, I guess, digestible for the audience. Toto Imoa, which is like one of the uh, guys I mentioned earlier that uh, I saw him live. He's amazing. He produces his own music. He writes his own music. He's just amazing. Um, so if you're into like indie electronic like chill really funk like he he can really tap into every genre and then there's also this this musical group called late night alumni and oh my gosh they are phenomenal they too uh so they work very closely with cascade the dj they collaborate very frequently and they are just so versatile and so criminally underrated because they they just make music that like for any mood like they have slow love ballads they have kind of like the drum beat chill cation vibe kind of music and then they also have edm like it's just it's just crazy how much that they can deliver so yeah i think that that wraps it up for me one of the artists that i i like really fuck with kalela well she dropped her debut album in 2017 yeah and like she's like really good friends with solange so like 
like I would assume like you know she would get kind of the hype just because you know she's friends with Solange but I don't know like she's her, her all her like her whole discography is just amazing her visuals are amazing like they're very ahead of its time her music's very ahead of its time like it's very a mix of like old R&B like she takes elements from like old R&B and like mixes it with you know alternative music and like you know neo soul and like she's she's just a blend of she's like the future of R&B honestly and like like recently I got everybody on to like one of her old songs it's called A Message and in the video it's a video with just her by herself in the video like she cuts her her locks off during the fucking video and then like it turns into like this animated you know discovery of like her finding herself again like it's just a beautiful video and the song matches it perfectly yeah I, I just feel like she deserves so much more than what she gets yeah like Kalela you deserve all the roses underrated I guess as of like recently I think I've been telling but I, or Edward I think mostly I've just yes. been listening to like Alina Baraz a lot like she is really in her bag with like her sound her music her vocals it's very like what I like so like soft R&B it's not too R&B if you don't like R&B it's like the perfect blend of like new, I guess, R&B and like a little, like a sprinkle of pop in it. But she's just really good lyrically too. Like her, I don't know if it's weird to say, it's like her lyrics match her, her voice is perfect for her lyrics. Like her lyrics really hit. I'm big on lyrics and music wise too. It's such a really good vibe. She's really, really great. So that's like my, at least right now, that's my number one underrated artist. Well, I love everybody you guys mentioned. I love Tavlo, Kalela, I like a lot. I do need to get more into her, but I have been listening to her for a couple years now. And there's songs I like, you know, Omar, of course, mentioned Late Night alumni and he's the one that got me into them so they're definitely really good and Alina Baraz I've loved her since she did the stuff with Galamatias I don't know how to say their name but I love this solo stuff she's doing too I think some people don't really like the solo stuff too much because it is a little bit a, a pretty drastic change from what she used to do but I think it's still pretty good you should give it a chance now that we've kind of talked about like our upbringing and who we who we love let's talk about just kind of like the current music let's talk about 2020 and let's make that like our weekly roundup for this episode <laughs> Like, who have y'all been listening to this year? What albums that have come out this year do you guys, like, absolutely love and enjoy? Because there's been a lot of music this year. As we all know, Chromatica came out two months ago. During quarantine, when there was nothing to do, I don't know, the album really did something to me in quarantine. Everybody's kind of going crazy, and I feel it was, like, released at the time it was meant to be released. Of course, we missed out on a lot of stuff. That was like a really crazy time. Being able to like use that as a form to escape and like you're literally on Chromatica and also the, the lyrical content of the, the whole album. Because if you, you know, strip that away from the production, it's a really sad album. She went through a lot, whatever she, she went through that we don't know about, you know. So it's really relatable for me. It was just like being able to digest those lyrics and also dance at the same time. It's like you can't help but dance through like pretty much every song. That was a very like big highlight of my year. Future Nostalgia. We all know that after hours by the weekend but as of recently as of two weeks ago taylor swift dropped a little album called folklore how are you gonna talk about the favorites of 2020 or the best of 2020 and not mention this so damien is walking out because he can't handle the truth that album is fucking phenomenal you know from the lyrics of, it's, it's literally like a poem from from beginning to end if you can't understand it you know that's another thing it's, it's okay some people it takes a little bit longer right before we started this episode tonight i told edward something you want to tell him what i said yeah i mean nico says to him it's the best album of 2020 and i mean for me as a biased person as a taylor swift stan of course it's my favorite album of 2020 but i agree that it's the best album of and 2022 so i love her a lot but i'm you're definitely the taylor stan yeah i like her a lot but even then i can separate like like for example she released an album last year lover uh and even though that was like my 
personal fave of the year because oh it's coming from taylor it's not my the best album of 2019 in my eyes but folklore is definitely like really up there like i don't i, I just can't stop listening to it it doesn't get old you know <laughs> he can't, he can't I'm, stop I'm team edward neither can i it's just it's amazing even if you don't like her and everything she's ever saying about in her career, that's what this album is for. She got tired of people making narratives up about her life. So she said, here, I'm going to give you all a bunch of fictional takes, which do draw from her life. And you can tell which songs have inspiration. Actually, I think the whole album has duality to it. I think every single song has a meaning that applies to her life and a meaning that is purely fictional and in this like universe that she created within the album. There's so many theories I read online of what people get out of the songs and they can be drastically different. And yet they'll still both make sense. There's themes of suicide and there's themes of like just betrayal and regret and everything there's so many things in there that i didn't even as like a stand think that she would ever really tap into the way that she did it takes a lot of listens to really get i think a lot of what she's saying because as uh as beyonce once said people don't make albums no more they drop little singles no but this is an album that's all i got to say that's my favorite album of 2020 but of course i love future nostalgia after hours alina barra's album you know there's a lot of ton of albums i like sam hunt's country album if y'all into that yeah who else Omar, you want to go? So like Edward and Nico said, Folklore. I, I think it's a wonderful album. I really do. I, I've i always enjoyed Taylor's slower songs. I've always enjoyed her lyricism. Her imagery is always so, so strong. Personally, I don't very much feel emotional. So the album hasn't clicked for me all the way that it has for them. They've drank some sort of Kool-Aid. They have emotions that I don't have at the moment. Right now, I just kind of want to dance and have fun and, and drink. And, and I think that's fine because honestly, if folklore would have came out last year this time, y'all would have to go to my funeral. <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. Like, but I appreciate it. Feature nostalgia. Obviously, she's a cute girl. Can't wait for the remix album. Chromatica. My God, Chromatica. Like, like Nico said, it is more than just a dance album. It it does have like a lot of pain in it. And if you really pay attention, and I think that it's cool. That's the cool thing about music. Like, it, it can be a sad album, but you can still dance to it. Like, how fucking cool is that? You know, it's just powerful like that. And so, so yeah. Yeah, of course, After Hours is great. Ungodly Hour. Oh my Chloe. god, bitch, I was gonna talk about that. Chloe and Holly. Chloe and Holly. I, I'm sorry, I know those are your girls. Those are your girls. Those are your girls. They just have to be brought up because they have an amazing album. Oh like, my god, I was gonna talk about that. No skips. Well, thanks, Omar, for stealing my fucking thunder. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, just like Omar said, all the, all the, all the albums, um, minus Folklore, because I haven't actually fully listened to it. All the albums that were said before, like, I really, like, you know, groove and vibe with it. Uh, Future Nostalgia, she's that girl. Um, still bump her to this day. Chromatica. Chromatica, she's a vibe. She's, she's that girl. When's the last time you got your hearing checked? Last time you got an um, STD check. Um, child. Anyways, like Omar said earlier too, um, my girls Chloe and Hallie dropped their second album, Ungodly Hour, and honestly, I'm just I'm I'm through the roof right now because like when it came out, like I was just so happy, and I was so happy to see that they had the little explicit sign because I was so ready for my girls to grow up. Like I've been listening to them since 20 like 14, 2015, like when they were still on YouTube type shit, and like you know just to watch them grow up and watch their career progress and now they're here 
Like, it's just so great. And then they're finally, like, getting the recognition that they deserve as well. So I'm just so happy for them. Like, the album itself is just so good. Like, while we're speaking of, like, new artists or who are having kind of, like, a breakthrough in the, like, the mainstream media, I really want to quick throw it back to Rina Sawayama. I forgot to mention her in my little segment because she released her debut album this year. She's, like, an Asian-American girl who's trying to do, like, this she's pop. She's Asian. Sorry, she's British. I, I forgive she's me. Japanese. She's, like, this British-Japanese artist who is just created, released her debut album a couple months ago. And it's influenced by, like just early thousands like rock and pop and glam and honestly it's just it's really good it's it's a short album so if you have some time give it a listen i think that you won't be uh disappointed okay ramon what about you what music have you been listening to a lot this year the t- the best one i guess it's definitely gaga's album is gonna be the best so far for me it's up there though. i feel like the only reason i'm not involving taylor's was like it's two completely different worlds in terms of sound mm-hmm. you, they can't you can't compare where you, they don't compete like mm-hmm. it's, they're competing in two different competitions mm-hmm. but they're definitely up there together but definitely just personally it's just gaga's album like i said we talked about when it, when we had our listening party like Kali said she just really like switched up the pop game in general she changed the sound lyrically sonically she involved everything what I said before instrumentals she had a whole like symphony that whole thing was just nobody can touch that mm-hmm. nobody's gonna do that at all for the rest of who knows how long so I know you mentioned that Chromatica and Folklore are in like two different like lanes of what they're trying to convey to the listener kind of segues us into the final segment of our episode today which is the cockfight <laughs> Yeah, we're whipping out our cocks. Omar has been having his out this whole episode. So? <laughs> but, um... We're trying to tell him to put it away, but... You, know. you have yours out, too. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty. Oh. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's too pink. Oh my it's God. not. <laughs> I don't know what that was, y'all, but... <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> All right. Back to the music. <laughs> music, the music, music, not the cocks. <laughs> Stop the music, start the sex. You said it backwards. Oh, uh, Stop yeah. the sex, start the music. Woo! For today's cockfight, we're going to be debating about what the best aspect of a song is. To me, you can kind of break a song down into three major aspects. The vocal performance, which is, of course, you know, how the artist sings. The lyrical content, which are the words they're singing, and also the melodies that are a part of the song. So what you hum when you're humming the song. And the production, which is the instrumentation or the whatever electronic music is presented to you. So if you strip away the vocals and the lyrics. Chromatica, in my opinion, is one of those like production-heavy albums, but it has strong lyrics lyrics too like everyone said folklore is not like it's not pushing the production in your face now yes there's great production there if you like orchestra and like just you know like more muted things but the focus there is the lyricism so as you can see those are just two examples of albums this year that push different things but still both accomplish very high highs so i want to hear from you guys what you think what you listen for in artists and songs like well the first thing is if the production isn't good or if it's not like catching my ear i'm not gonna listen to it no matter what the lyrics are like I'll read the lyrics along with the production or like the the sound of the music, but I need to know. I need I need to like what I'm listening to, like like sonically. That's what I listen to first, cause I don't know. Like you can have the best lyrics ever, but if the production behind it isn't following with it, or like you know boosting it, I don't really give a fuck, honestly. Anybody want to argue that? For me, it's the opposite. I think the lyrics carry the song, and I guess that maybe stems from um like I told you, my mom kind of got me into country music first when she broke out of like the gospel phase and. And country doesn't have like grandiose production. Like it's all just, it's natural instruments. It's guitars and drums and keyboards, you know? So I wasn't paying attention to like flashy production in the background. I was paying attention to the stories they were telling and the things that they were saying. Of course, I love production. And of course, I love vocals. And I can appreciate both in their own way.
ways. But to me, if an artist is the best vocalist in the world and has great producers backing them up on the album, but they don't have anything interesting to say, and that album is just a snooze fest in terms of what they're talking about, or they, they don't have any artistic direction, then I cannot get into them. Like, there's artists that just have no identity. And I will say, like, I'll mention, like, Future Nostalgia. It's a great production, great vocal performance. But for me, it doesn't really have, like, a lyrical direction. It is strong enough in the other two aspects that I still love the album. But for me, it doesn't seem to have, like, a direction. I don't really know what Duo was trying to tell me with that album. You know what I mean? Lyrically, she's not saying much to me, in my opinion. That's, you know, that's my take on it. The opposite with that. Like, the production was so good on there. Like, I can play it any time of the day. Like, I'm driving to work, listening to Good in Bed. Like, baby, I'm out here bouncing in my fucking <laughs> Nissan Sentra. Like, baby, <laughs> like, the fuck? You my put note. a toy on your driver's seat? Who said it was a toy? The real thing. <laughs> <laughs> he said his driver's seat is a man. Right. right. What you thought this was? No, but for real, like, I don't know. Like, I can, I push aside the lyrics, the, the lyrics of the song. I mean, lyrics are definitely a big part of the song and definitely vocal performance as well. But like the production is what makes, I feel like that's what keeps the longevity of a song. Like people sample the productions of songs. People, I mean, they were, but they, people cover the lyrics of songs and they go on talent shows and sing those. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's their own interpretation of how the song was produced. But that's so what like, I think is the timeless part of the music. But I, I get where you're coming from. I'm going to have to agree with Edward on this because if you really think about it, before we had production, before we had anything, what was a song? It was just the, the, the voice and the lyrics. The voice was there to aid the lyrics. Everything is there to aid the, the lyrics and what mm -hmm. is being said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you, you, can't, you can listen to a, a, you know, like house music or some a dance music, which is just production. But that's just, what are you listening to? You know, do you, there's nothing, there's nothing mm -hmm. going there. Music. There's no, yeah, but there's, nothing, there's nothing going on there. Okay. When, once you add lyrics to it, it transports you to another world because you can it actually take. Have to, it, does, it doesn't have to, but it well, does that. I want to interject because Nico said that before, like you know, back in the day. I disagree. I think that a beat came before lyrics because lyrics comes from language, and language, you know, took years and years to evolve. So a beat came first, you know, back then, like came yeah, in, no, you can we'll sing probably, on any other beat. No, think of lullabies that your parents sung to you when you were a kid. Nobody and, got and their melody. lullabies sung and as melody. a kid. You got lullabies. My grandma sang to me as a kid she had her own lullaby, lullaby that she wrote for me lullaby is a fucking melody which yes. is a part of production no that's a part of lyric songwriting song it's melodies are a songwriting aspect Damian. however the beat came <laughs> the beat came before the lyrics they do were you there <laughs> right did you were you there with the cavemen when they you, kinda, you, you created the first beat you, you just have to know simple <laughs> history all it takes is three what? claps <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I think that like, y'all are wrong. Like, you don't like know. You don't know. Like, so shut like, up. You, you weren't there. That in general, like that's just more iconic. It takes three claps. Yeah. Like it, that's it. Like it is literally production. I'm just, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a counter argument. I think vocals makes it big. I think Ramon is actually the biggest advocate for that, right? Yeah, if you don't have any vocals, and it's like over for me. Like, I pay attention to vocals. I'm torn, actually. Hearing you guys, like, You're speak. Home? No. <laughs> uh, no, I'm torn. Just, I obviously, like, music does matter a lot to me because, like, I obviously, like, I played music for seven years. I know how to read it. I listen to it. I listen to music in different ways than other people do because I really pay attention to it. So I can respect both. But, 
but lyrically and vocally for me are just like two big things, especially vocally. Like, I don't know, it's, like, I just, it's hard for me to get into artists like Selena and like the girls that just like hum or- He means like, Gomez, not Quintanilla. Yeah. The one that has talent. The one that doesn't have talent, I mean. Um, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> but yeah, this vocals in general, like you can't, I don't know. I think it just goes hand in hand also with the music. Like if you have beautiful vocals and you have a beautiful sound behind it, it's chef's kiss, hello, Adele, Beyonce, vocals. I can't do so much of like the soft thing. I, don't know. I think it just takes, your lyrics could go hard, but if you're like singing so soft, like if you just don't have any kind of run, any kind of vibrato, something, give me something besides holding the same note. And the song is over. It takes a lot of the meaning away from it. I don't know. There's some artists throughout history that haven't been like amazing vocalists, but they withstood the test of time because their lyrics like lyrics. defined a generation. Well, yeah, like Joni Mitchell, for example, oh. which y'all probably don't know about her. Exactly. <laughs> but oh, I ain't gonna mention Taylor because I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna talk about legends. I'm gonna talk about legends only. Bob Dylan can't sing at all, and that's like one of the biggest white people legends of all time. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I don't listen to him, but but I'm just saying, like, I think that vocals vocals put like get you like a spotlight, but then they they go nowhere. Think about like American Idol and the voice and all that. There's so many artists that, that are people that win those shows and then they go nowhere because they have nothing to say. They can get the best producers in the business to work behind them, which falls under what Damien said, but if they don't have anything to say, they fall flat. And that's where I the lyrics are the front Wait, man, um, and then the other two are the backup the singers and dancers. And what's your stance? Because you have said the least words out of all of us. I've kind of argued with everybody. <laughs> I just think it's fun he arguing. Just likes to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that we're gonna agree to anything, and I don't think that we've ever agreed to anything. No. Well. I think we can all agree on one thing. We love music. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Without music, there's there's nothing. It's the language the whole world speaks. It's a sign from above. Period. I don't know. I think this was a, a great episode. Personally, we didn't even scratch the surface of all the things we could talk about, all the artists we listened to. I just want to thank you guys for listening. As always, it's a pleasure to do this. I have so much fun chit-chatting with my girls here. It was very fun to have Nico here for the first time. Uh, is there any closing words you guys want to say to our listeners? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> At the time of recording, Victoria Monet dropped her album, Jaguar, so go give it a listen. I'm gonna go listen to it and I want you to too. Listen to music, listen to a song, write a song, read a book. Shout out to, to Michael. Michael. <laughs> Period. Nobody did the period. period. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Of course, we uh, expect to put out episodes a lot more frequently. Okay, so now Nico's turn. Well, I just want to say thank you all for having me. It's been my dream to be on here. I listen every every podcast. He's a liar. <laughs> they don't know. Liar. Um, well, all I know is I love music and I wanted to be here tonight. So, and yeah, it was a great episode. Thank you all. All right, you guys, once again, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, black lives do still matter today, yesterday, and forever. I mean, feel free to send us any songs you guys are listening to, any albums you think we should check out. We're always down to hear feedback from you guys. Like Omar said, if you have anything you want to hear us talk about on the show, don't be, sh don't be shy. Hit us up on social media. But for now, have a good night, good day, good evening, whatever time of day you're listening to us. Wash your holes. And keep it cute. Bye. Good night. Bye.